This is Sean Callahan, co-author of The Big Data-Driven Business, and you are listening to The Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to The Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on The Marketing Book Podcast, the goal of which is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Sean Callahan. We're going to talk about the book he has co-authored with Russell Glass entitled The Big Data-Driven Business, How to Use Big Data to Win Customers, Beat Competitors, and Boost Profits. Sean Callahan is the Senior Manager for Content Marketing at LinkedIn. Formerly, he was a Marketing Director at Bizzo, which was acquired by LinkedIn, and he was an Editor and Reporter at Crane Communications. His freelance journalism has appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, Notre Dame Magazine, you can tell where he went to college, Salon.com and SportsIllustrated.com. Sean, congratulations on the big data-driven business and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Oh, thanks, Douglas. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I want to read one thing from the very beginning of the book. A quote. The companies that most effectively use big data to gain insight into their customers and act on that data will win. Sean, what is the story that led to this book? Um, well, it was, uh, I, I co-wrote the book with, uh, Russell Glass, who was the CEO of Bizzo. And now he's the head of uh, product at LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn marketing solutions. And, um, Russ, um, through Bizzo, you know, built this business that was based on data. We had, uh, data on more than a hundred million business people. Um, we knew, uh, anonymously what their, job title was, what industry they were in, what size company they work for. And with that data, we could help B2B companies and uh, also uh, high consideration uh, consumer companies, B2C companies, reach their target market at scale online. And we could also help them identify uh, the people who are coming to their website um, you know, based again on on these uh, business demographics that we had, the job title, the industry size, uh, size industry and the size of the company. And uh, with this data, we were really helping a, a lot of businesses um, really improve their marketing, uh, become much more efficient and more effective. And but we found that while we were helping a lot of companies, uh, there was a huge number of companies that uh, simply weren't aware or weren't equipped to take advantage of data uh, and couldn't really see the advantages that it would bring uh, to their marketing and helping with their efficiency and effectiveness. So um, Russ had the idea to write this book and uh, we we worked on it together. And the idea was to show um, companies of all sizes in all industries that if they use data, even in a in a very small way, they could see outsize results and really outperform their competitors if they use data to really understand who their customers were, who their prospects should be, and how to reach them. This reminds me, this story reminds me of the book Inbound Marketing written by the HubSpot co-founders, uh, Dharmesh Shaw and Brian Halligan, where they wrote that book because there was so much to explain, just like, uh, just like your story. And it's gone on to a second uh second edition. So hopefully yours will will continue like that as well. 
What we hope so. Yeah. So, um, big data. Uh, I hear that term, and it reminds me of I don't know, maybe around the mid '90s when people were saying, "All right, what what is this internet thing?" Do you remember that commercial that was done for the Super Bowl where that showed uh, uh, Bryant Gumble and Katie Couric? Yeah, from the Today Show. Yeah, right? for the yeah. Today, they were saying, "All right, what is what is internet?" <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes I wonder if we're there as it relates to the term big data. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing I always say about big data is that, you know, it's uh, those seven letters uh, really cast an intimidating shadow. Mm -hmm. And I think they don't need to. I think the term itself is kind of scary. You know, big implies that there's it's for big companies or that there's a lot of expense. And data implies, you know, oh, we've got to buy a lot of software and we've got to hire a bunch of different people. And uh, it sounds very complicated. I will wait until, uh, you know, people figure this out. But the (laughs) thing that we try to get across here, um, we have a different sort of broader view of what big data is. I think uh, narrowly defined big data is using Hadoop to, you know, comb through unstructured data and find these amazing insights. And that is kind of reserved for larger companies. Hadoop is... Uh, I'm sorry? You, you mentioned Hadoop. What is that? It's a it's a software that uh, go, co- goes through unstructured data and is able to really organize it so that um, companies can get uh, insight into what the data means. They can. It, it's just so powerful okay. that it's able to, you know, draw conclusions about what the data, where how, where the data is trending. Okay. Uh, I, I read. I read the book. The I read the book. I just didn't remember that word. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see it in the index. So okay, I'm not going to be tested on that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no the, problem. So yeah, I think that's what people kind of think of. Like this is this is complicated. We'll we'll leave this to other companies. But I think even the smallest businesses can take advantage of. Let's just call it data. The yeah. kind they can analyze who's using Google Analytics or other tools, um, tools from LinkedIn, in fact, uh, that can show them who is coming to their website and what they're doing when they come to the website, and it can give them insight into, you know, who their customers are and who their customers should be. Uh, they can also sort of comb through the data they already have on their customers and figure out who their best customers are and what those best customers share in terms of characteristics like are they from a specific industry um are they in a certain revenue category uh do they maybe they have a certain software that other companies don't have and when you get these insights you can by combing through your data you can then begin to see who your best prospects should be and really aim your marketing and sales at uh at those prospects mm-hmm. that share those same characteristics with your best customers. Right, right. Well, Sean, I have a confession to make, and I'm not just saying that because you are a graduate of Notre Dame. Um, I, 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 in my subconscious, you know, you always say you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I, 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 I got the book, and before I started reading it, for some reason I started thinking, oh, a book with the words big data on the cover, it's going to be a lot of ones and zeros. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or or I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be like the those nice calculus textbooks I had in college. Well, okay, that's half the confession. The other part is the book is not that way at all. It's a very enjoyable read and it's got a lot of background and history on how big data uh, came about, like the technology behind it. And it also, I'm sure this was one of your goals, it really demystifies 
big data. A lot of companies have more data than they actually already realize, and they don't have to use every bit of it, but they can use it to have some very good uh, some good insights. And there was one analogy you used in the book where you talk about uh, big data is like radar and night vision goggles to the military. Just gives them a lot of insights. It gives them a lot more information, a competitive advantage. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. And I, I knew that metaphor would appeal to a guy from artillery marketing, for sure. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't think we don't appreciate these things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you're using um, tools like Google Analytics, which I mentioned, um, tools uh, like Marketo or Pardot or Eloqua, marketing automation software. You're really able to gain insights into your customers, which is what this book is really all about. We're really I guess preaching maybe of uh, the the idea that the customer focused data driven business is going to be the one that wins. Uh, you really need to analyze who your customers are using data, and if if you can do that, you can serve them better. You know who they are, you know what they want. Uh, you can even anticipate what sort of products they might need and begin to develop them before your customers even know they need it, and certainly before your competitors uh, know that your customers are going to need this kind of product. Mm -hmm. Now, Sean, I once worked on Madison Avenue for a number of years, and I really didn't appreciate how much fun you made of people who went on three martini lunches. <laughs> that was a big part of my uh, my heritage. Now, I never, I never actually had three at a lunch. I, you know, I, I wasn't that good. Um, but how... In the book, you talk about that, of course. How did the internet kill the three martini lunch? Can you tell that story? Well, sure. I, I think that, um, you know, the three, uh, I've made the case, uh, and, and uh, some, some of my colleagues, uh, Jen Augustine at, uh, at Bizzo and now at LinkedIn, we collaborated on a piece uh, about the three martini lunch and how sort of content marketing has become the three martini lunch. It goes back to, in, in those days, you're talking about the Mad Men days and even a little bit later, um, the salesperson sort of controlled the customer and lead nurturing. They took the, they called up the customer, they sent them brochures, they took them to lunch, and it was about, you know, uh, gaining that person's trust, uh, being entertaining, telling them about the industry and where it's headed, and then finally talking specifically about the product that you wanted to sell them uh, that you thought could help them. Now, as the buyer's journey has changed and buyers don't have to identify themselves and don't have to offer themselves up to be sold to and nurtured by sales, whether over the phone or in person, now that customer can or the app prospect can remain anonymous and search online and find out all the information they want about the product, about the competitors, about the pricing. They can they can consult their peers in social media. They can go to review sites and doing that. Forrester says that up to ninety percent of that process takes place anonymously and before a prospect reaches out to a salesperson. So that ninety percent of the process of the sales process is now the domain of marketing. Their marketing is the only group inside the company that's that can target these people as they move around the web, even if they're remaining anonymous, with very specific targeted messages based on who that person is, their their demographics, and also based on where they've gone, their behavior online. Yeah, their digital um, body language, so I, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge shift. Well, and I think also 
three martinis are great, but the real reason <laughs> that the the person went on that lunch was uh, the leverage that the salesperson had in terms of information. Yes. And that leverage is gone. And the best example is when you see somebody go to buy a car and they know more about the car they want to buy than the poor guy on the lot trying to answer their questions. Absolutely. That's uh, uh, definitely uh, an example that really drives this home to people that, you know, before, you know, 20 years ago, the car buying process was just, uh, just a terrible, terrible experience. You didn't have any information. The dealer and the car salesman controlled all the information about the car, what the invoice invoice price was, how it's performing in the market. Now you can find all that information online. You can consult people who've already bought the car. You know exactly what a fair price is, and you walk in. You know you've had done all your research, and uh, it's a much more equal kind of. Um, uh, process than it than it used to be before. It was asymmetrical with all the power lying in the dealer, and it doesn't doesn't work that way anymore in the car dealing process or in the B two B buying process. That's right. So, can you explain how big data uh, and and this uh, these changes you just outlined are actually pulling marketing and sales two groups that have historically feuded? How is it pulling them to cl- uh, closer together, <laughs> whether they like it or not? Yes. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely bringing them closer together and especially working in companies that um, are installing a marketing automation software. Because when you install a marketing automation software, you're becoming data-driven. And the idea behind in putting in a product like this, like an Eloqua or, or a Marketo, is you want to uh, nurture leads, but you want to really identify what is a good lead you know, using data once and for all, it, you, and you, it's sort of this combination of uh, business demographics, who this person is, what, what industry they're in, what their job title is, what kind of, uh, what size business they work for, and the combination of what they're doing when they're online. Are they reading your emails? Are they visiting deep into your uh, website and visiting, uh, you know, product data uh, pages on your website? Are they and exhibiting based, based behavior on all that, of people who are they exhibiting behavior of people uh, who have tended to buy from you in the past? Yes, exactly. So, you, yeah, using using the past, you can you can sort of understand the data, what the behavior means, and sort of read their uh, digital body language. Is something that uh, Steve Woods kind of coined that term, and he wrote a book about it a few years ago. He was one of the founders of Eloqua, and you know, with that marketing to to kind of determine what is a good lead marketing and sales when they're implementing this marketing automation system they have to sit down in the same room and come to an agreement on what a good lead looks like and in in so many cases once this is up and running uh sales is finally uh happy with the leads it's getting and marketing is finally seeing sales follow up on the leads uh to the degree that they want them to. Yeah, uh, I think for for the longest time you'd hear of salespeople saying these these leads are crap and of course right. I I love the fact that you uh mention the movie Glenn Clary, Glenn Ross in your book. Right. Uh, and uh they say the weeds are leads are weak and then you know then this, the the salespeople would be saying yeah but those guys are irresponsible they're not following up on anything. Now they're only getting the good leads when this is done correctly or at least uh halfway correctly. Yes. And you talk about how the um let's see if I can find that term predictive lead scoring business now is is thriving. Yes. I mean there um 
you know, first I want to r- return to Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I think that's one of the easiest ways for a marketer to bond with a salesperson is to watch that movie and feel the salesperson's pain. It's mm-hmm. definitely one of the best movies about business uh, that's ever been made. But as far as the predictive lead scoring, um, this is really interesting stuff. Uh, in the book, I mention of several of these companies like Mintigo, Sixth Sense. Um, the one I focus on the most is a company called Lattice Engines, and they're able to uh, look at both online and offline data and and using big data, they sort of process all this data and figure out what your best customers and your and the prospects most likely to buy, w- what characteristics they share. And the, the one of the most interesting examples of this in the book is Brian Carden, the CMO at Lattice Engines, talks about Juniper Networks, which is uh, sells routers. Oh, right, right. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and th- I think this is a great example of how potentially this can work, is they uh, look through their data, and what they found is the companies who are most likely to buy are the companies that have signed a lease for new office space in the past 90 days. And the reason is, if you sign new office a lease for new office space, you probably need to buy new routers for the, for the technology you need to set up in that new space. And that information not might not have been something the 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 lead capture the landing page uh, would have asked for but they could no, then start to, not. to go yeah. in that direction and that was such a good example of the night vision goggles where suddenly they were able to see all these connections so yeah. there is one sentence in the book well there were a few but this one made me laugh out loud it, in fact it woke the dog up uh, he was sleeping on the floor <laughs> and it said it was about the section on implementing a big data plan you're right. people through that. And a sentence said, when considering your marketing staff, think less about rating art schools and more about setting up a recruiting booth at a Star Trek convention. <laughs> right. So yeah. how is big data, uh, can you explain how it's changing the marketing department uh, so quickly? Well, yeah, it's definitely changing the marketing department. If you, if you work uh, in in a in a modern marketing department uh, you definitely have people who are software oriented who are people who are running the marketing automation software and other softwares that uh, marketers are using these days and it's no longer sort of this uh, refuge for creative people people who want to be novelists or painters or what have you you, you um, said but that now some companies referred to them at the uh, marketing department as the toy department yes yes <laughs> that was one department. i'd never heard Oh yeah, no, that's what I worked at a B2B agency a long time ago and um <laughs> a lot of marketers complain that's how they were viewed as as the toy department. Yeah, sort of the arts and crafts party planners. Yeah, there's still probably Ex- a lot of that. Exactly. Exactly. But now um uh, I think the best marketing departments are split be- between those creative people, those right-brain people and the left-brain people, the people who are interested in technology, interested in data, interested in research, and the best really combine those two for the, for the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he profiled an example of a young person who's coming into marketing. I think he had degrees in computer science, marketing, and psychology, <laughs> something like that. Great example. Yeah, no, of the- it's, it's a different, different kind of people who are coming there. And, and people who can start from scratch can really form a marketing department that 
that looks much different than a marketing department uh, you would have seen before. In fact, uh, one of the companies we talk about, Zendesk, uh, they, they kind of started from scratch a few years back, and they built their marketing department around analytics and technology on one side and content marketing on the other. Mm-hmm. And merging those two, they were able to tell you know what kind of content their customers were interested in. I think it's harder for the big companies where there's so much momentum. It's harder for them to change. Absolutely. There's so many silos and so many people you need to get on board and so many, so much legacy technology. It, in, in many ways, it's easier for a smaller company to ramp up because mm-hmm. they have, you know, less, uh, less walls that they have to tear down. Yeah. Sean, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? I think that uh, readers need to understand that this is not going away and that they really need to build their business to be data-driven and customer-focused. And you can do this um, no matter what size company you're in, no matter what industry you're in. Even the oldest industries like agriculture uh, can really take advantage of of data. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the book, you profile several companies that are – very focused on their customers and the data, and as a result, they're thriving. And those that are ignoring it, uh, who are who have perished, or are are struggling like crazy, and probably not going to make it. Yes. So before we wrap up, let me ask you a few questions uh, that are popular with the listeners. Is there a recent marketing uh, book that you read that you might recommend? Sure, I read. Uh, I, I'll I'll give you a couple. I'm a, I'm a content marketer. Uh, so I, I really love books on content. They really helped me a lot. And one of them was uh, Content Rules uh, by Anne Hanley. And she had a co-author who um, C.C. drawing a blank gone right now. C.C. Chapman. Then, yes, I that's got right. You, I, I got your Chapman. back. Sean. There you go. Sorry, <laughs> Mr. Chapman. And then uh, the other is a colleague of mine, Jason Miller at LinkedIn. He wrote a, a fantastic book called um, – uh, welcome to the funnel. Yes. Uh, proven tactics to turn your social and content marketing up to eleven, and uh, it's a f- it's an amazing book because it's it's an Im- excellent explanation of how to implement content marketing. But it also is so entertaining because he is a rock and roll fanatic, and he uses like quotes from Jim Morrison and David Bowie throughout the book to mm-hmm. drive home his points. It's a uh, it's really a great read. It's a great book. Um, I'd love to have him on the show if you you know, put a good word in for me. I know he's I a sure colleague will. of yours. <laughs> but I have mentioned his book at presentations I've given, and just the title alone, the, the whole audience gets it. Welcome yep. to the funnel. You know, like the, uh, they, they understand uh, that it's a reference to... Yeah, Welcome to the Jungle. By... Uh, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Sorry, it's a couple. Sounds like a couple of old guys. Um, <laughs> That's <exactly> right. <laughs> sorry to you kids out there. Um, okay. Uh, and are there any ones, uh, any marketing or business related books that you're looking forward to diving into? Uh, yeah, I'm going to read another Ann Hanley book, Everybody Writes, which is a uh, another um, book. And my takeaway is one of the messages is that you know you need to get. Uh, the rest of your company, not just the marketing department, uh, supporting the content marketing push. Yeah, it's a great, great book. It's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. She was one of the first guests on the show. It's also a very, very funny book. She's a very yeah. funny person. She's great. And that book is uh, is one of those books that so many other authors talk about. 
it's 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 uh, well worth a read. Um, and I thought it was very brave of someone to write a book about writing, but but she's the one that could do it. So how do you continue your business education? You know, there's a lot to keep up with. Obviously, what what do you read? Who do you follow? What do you listen to? How does Sean Callahan do it? Um, well, I you know I'm responsible for um, tweeting on several of our handles uh, at LinkedIn B two B and B two B social media. So I'm constantly um, combing the web for good material that I can point people to. Um, but, you know, consistently there are, uh, several great sites that, that deliver great insights day after day. And one of them is HubSpot, uh, Eloqua and Marketo do a great job mm-hmm. as well. And social media examiner. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those. Oh. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about Ann Hanley, uh, marketing profs also does a, a really fantastic job. Yeah, it's there's an embarrassment of riches out there, and there are some. There's just phenomenal content, and uh, there is so much that people can learn in a short amount of time. But they've got to do. <laughs> they kind of have to do it themselves. But it's yep. it's there, and I hope to spread the word. You know, of, of all the books and the the blogs and everything out there that people can get a hold of. How can listeners find out more about you and your book? Uh, well, it's available on Amazon and. Uh, I'm writing uh, every week on uh, the LinkedIn Marketing Solutions blog, which is at marketing.linkedin.com slash blog. And there's a lot of great material there, too. I uh, you know, hope we're doing a good job, too. You are. And I've even shared some of the, the articles. Uh, this is going to be a very rich show notes episode. A lot of really good stuff to link to. The name of the book is The Big Data-Driven Business, How to Use Big Data to Win Customers, Beat Competitors, and Boost Profits. The authors are Russell Glass and Sean Callahan. Sean, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Douglas. Really had fun. Thanks again. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who've left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it, and it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners. It really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. Bye.